tags, no tags. Episode of the Midnight Drop. I'm your host Jordan Malone. Back with you with a brand new episode, and with another host, co-host, mind you, special guest, and that'll be Lance Williams. Say what's up, my guy, Lance. Hey, what's good? What's good? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Yeah, what's up with you? And today we're gonna be have a pretty good episode. We'll be talking about Lance's filmmaking journey and update on his mental and everything going on with him, including some discussion topics that I think would be really cool for us to discuss. But about that being said, thanks so much for joining in. If you're new to the podcast, go ahead and listen on YouTube. Go ahead and listen on all the other different platforms we have down in the comment section down below. And did I mention YouTube? Yes, we actually have clips up on YouTube as we speak of your favorite episodes with your favorite co-host. And also, if you want any comments, concerns, considerations, go ahead and DM me at 615 underscore chill. Or you can go ahead and DM me or email at Jordan Cameron, C-A-M-M-O-N, at Outlook.com. Also, be on the lookout for a brand new episode tomorrow with VC. We'll be coming in and talking about some good stuff that I'll be waiting you guys to come in i see lance nodding his head over excitement shout out to that man vc that's the bro yeah man so it's gonna be real real good stuff here go ahead actually get this stuff together but without further ado let's go ahead and get into it all right can you hear me pretty good lance yeah, he perfectly fine, bro. All right, good over here, man. Uh, how you been, man? How you been doing all this stuff? Man, honestly, I've been great. Like ever since, ever since we graduated, I felt on top of the world. I feel literally like I can do anything I want. Like I, I just feel like unstoppable. Like I feel great, bro. Like honestly, mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've been kind of feeling a little bit the same, but. I've been trying to. I got. I got a whole bunch of other stuff I've been trying to do since I've graduated. But uh, man, mm-hmm. what, you, what some of the things you've been doing since after you graduated, bro? Man, as soon as I got home, I just went straight back to working on stuff because I had some projects um, that I needed to finish and uh, just get out to people. Um, but yeah, I've just been just trying to figure out the next moves, what I need to do next, uh, the best ways to do them. And yeah, just just looking forward, just looking to the future, and just planning out my next steps. That's that's literally been it. Like I I ain't waste no time taking a break or nothing like that. So I just came home and just went straight to it. And that's good shit. That's good shit. I pretty much I pretty much did a little bit the same. Where uh, well, I mean, like a little bit of the same. I won't say I gave myself some relaxation. I was able to chill in Atlanta for a, a cool whole week. Before I left, hey, and, uh, that's good. Yeah, it was, and uh, I was we were, we were able to get an episode together with David and I live with the new mic that we got. I wanted to get in more people, but I knew everybody was going to leave uh, like the day after graduation, so it was like no point. So yeah, yeah. So it was it was it was that it was it was that predicament where I was like, I can only get in one episode and we good to go. But uh, it was pretty good. I've been applying for jobs. Uh, getting ready for some other programs. Yeah, man, it's been good. Uh, 
Did you actually have Good. a chance to? Uh, did you did you actually have a chance to catch up on the episode that I did on Saturday with Anna? With uh, no, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to. I saw that you posted it up though, so I definitely need to check it out. So yeah, she, but yeah, how, how did it go? Oh, it was dope. I mean, uh, we spent like a cool two hours and fifteen minutes just talking about mental health, talking about Nashville, talking about the South, uh, just That's really it. going in talking about um. Just a lot of cool things, and she's been great enough to where she might be coming on the show every other two weeks, uh, doing some stuff. Since we live in the, we live uh, pretty much a little close. We live in Nashville, so we'd be all good to go. And uh, we actually got some, we actually got some uh, people coming in, gonna be coming in for uh, some live stuff. I know one of my best friends from high school, Brandon Bagwell, said he's gonna do some every week. And then we got some stuff going on with uh, with VC, where I might try to. Tack them along on some stuff, but uh, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, it's been it's been great. And for anybody who wants to catch up on the episode, you can go on Anchor or any of our platforms, listen to the episode. And any other episodes we got, we had a co-host. You can even listen to the last episode we had with Lance. But uh, nah, man. With that being said, let's kind of get into our uh, let's get into our first topic, which is kind of like a continuation of what we're doing now. It's just how's your mental, man? Where you just go ahead and di- you just digress on everything you've been feeling, uh, how you doing, updates on all your stuff you're going on, and just you know, just letting it all out, bro. All right. So um, I'm going to say my mental has been pretty good. Honestly, it's been good. It does need to be better in some cases. But overall, I've been fine. You know, I haven't been like, you know, weighing on it. Like not not much has been like weighing on me or anything like that. And I'm really I'm really glad that, you know, things have progressed to that because I'm not going to lie. It wasn't like that, like a good four years ago. So just to see the the growth in my mental over time is, is a really great thing. And just the fact that, you know, just constantly seeking new ways to grow it even more makes it even better. And, you know, just to, just to have that new perception on things, that point of view of things helps a lot with just, you know, just like how, how good I feel, honestly. Like, yeah, I feel good. Don't get me wrong. There's still things I need to, to get better on. Like for instance, um, I think I do feel like I do be hard on myself when it comes toward things like just, you know, just discipline and being on top of the things I need to do more. Cause you know, it's like, it's like, there's like a, you know, when you're like, there's your old self and then there's the person that you're trying to become. And then there's that middle ground, like that little transition part. I feel like I'm there. And I'm just trying to figure out how to get through all the obstacles and stuff to get to the person that I'm trying to become. So it's just, it's, it's a, it's a, it's not easy. It's not easy. And it's a lot of like, you know, a lot of like, dang, I could have done this better. Dang, I should have done that. Dang, I should have done this. But, you know, at least it's like, you're still, we're still going in the right direction. I think that's the main thing I need to focus on. Cause like any, any progress in the right direction is good enough for me. And at least just being able, being aware of the things you need to work on and you're trying to work on them too helps a lot too. So yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. Pretty good. So yeah. Well, that's good. How, how has been, we will, uh, how's been your studio and everything going on? I know last time we talked, uh, you were raving about it, shouted them out. Mm-hmm. And how's it been going on with them? I see you guys got it, had like a couple projects going on too. Yeah, bro. It's going good. It's going good. Um, right now, um, editing a short film that I worked on with some people. Uh, they're able to make their first short film together and I was able to help them make it. So 
it was just like, yeah, it was just like, it's really good to be able to do that. And then soon I'll be uh, shooting a web series that I've been working on for a minute. And I'm very excited about that. And then, of course, any other jobs that I have going on with uh, either like family or just anybody who needs it, you know, that's been going on as well, too. It's, it's growing, surely, but slowly, but it's, don't, it's growing. So I'm very happy about that. And very soon it's just going to be a whole nother level since I'm just focusing on what are the next steps for the company as a whole. So I'm very excited. It's, it's really good. Yeah. Like I've been noticing how like you've been putting in a lot of work and you've had like a lot of people come in to help you out with projects. And actually, uh, I think you are you guys doing like commercial work as well? Yeah. 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 We're doing commercial work. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. So, like, what's the process of all of that? I mean, do you guys just kind of, like, advertise yourselves, or do you guys kind of, like, have a hookup where somebody says, hey, I got a job for you? Usually, yeah, that's usually how it is so far, because, like, we still, I'm still trying to get a hang of, what is it, just being on top of social media, and, of course, getting the website finished, so, and out there, so people can, of course, view our work and connect with us that way as well. Um, But as far as that, it's just been a lot of word of mouth, and... Yeah, that's a at the moment that's doing that's doing enough. So just uh, it'll just start with word of mouth. Somebody hit me up. Hey, uh, we got this going on. Is it cool? We work with you. Like, for instance, not too long ago, I did a job for my my niece's graduation. So, um, yeah, they hit me up. They're like, hey, is it cool? Would you be a videographer for this job? I'd be like, yeah, most definitely. And then we'll just talk about what they're looking for and everything like that. And then from there, I just show up. I'll get all the shots I need. I'll get lots of shots just because it's better to have more than to have less. And then after that, I'll just take my time with editing. I like taking my time with the editing process just because I just want it to feel right with me. But of course, also feel right enough with them, with what they're looking for. So and then after that, I send it to them. They give me their critiques if they have any. And I make whatever changes they want. And then, boom, that's it. You just move on from there. So, yeah, man. Yeah, that sounds real good. I mean, the process seems really strenuous. Uh, with the editing, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been very intimidated by editing because I've done a couple videos and I've actually done, you know, the audio clips. And just getting everything together, I just get intimidated because there's so much stuff that I need to know, how to learn, what to do. And it takes time. So, I mean, like for you, do you ever get to that point where you're just like, man, fuck this editing shit? <laughs> Bro, I'm not even going to lie. Because, like, I, I, I edit, I say I edit at least four hours a day. Just like I take two two straight hours of just editing. I take a break. Then I have another two straight hours of editing. And honestly, yeah, there be, there be, yeah, I'll be, I'll be telling myself every now and then, yeah, why am I, what am I, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, I, I don't feel like doing this right now just because it's just it's just tedious man it's long it's long and even if jobs are if like even if it's just something easy it can still take a long time because there's like a lot of to do just to like make something turn or make something rotate like it's a lot of stuff but i don't know it's like recently since i've just been doing it so much i've grown to you know deal with it more i don't want to be an editor later down the line so yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's a skill that's like good for, you know, good for what I'm trying to do. So I just kind of keep that in my mind with everything and just thinking about like, oh, at the end of the day, when you make this, they're going to be happy and you're going to be happy that it's done. 
So just focus on that. So it's just kind of like just trying to force the positives on my head and trying to look at it like that. So I'm not I'm not going to lie to you. Fuck all that editing shit. (laughs) I'm over here just trying to figure some out. Like some days I be really thinking about like, do I really need to hire somebody to edit my shit? And then I look at my bank account. I'm like, I can't do that either. I feel it. I feel it. I definitely feel it. Honestly, bro. It's just like, you just gotta, Hey, you gotta look at yourself and be like, bro, we gotta do this. Like, Hey, think about, just think about the long term of it. Like think about how things will be in the long term with you just taking like, I don't know, say like, I'm a, I'm gonna just say an hour. Cause I know there's like, there's some videos out there. There'll be like an hour long that goes over everything you need to know or something. And then boom, that'll just be enough for you to at least like get the basics of it. And then once you get the basics, it's like straightforward from there. It's just now after that, you just gotta be like, just open, open like the mental capacity to just sometimes deal with long hours or deal with not figuring up an edit that moment but hey it'll, it'll all work out in the long run so hey you never know you know you hey you might need to try it out bro hey just saying you might need to <laughs> i might I may fucking need to but <laughs> i might fucking need but no I, i'll be honest like when it comes to the audio clips when it comes to putting stuff up on the podcast it's not that bad uh mm-hmm. i think when it just comes to like putting up the clips that i've been put posting of just like experts of like different you know episodes that i've been doing which, you know, I'm going to put up some more soon. Uh, it's not that hard. I just use mm-hmm. GarageBand. But whenever it gets to DaVinci Resolve and I do all that, it's just like it's 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 a fucking learning curve. And, uh, yeah. man, I just got to be real. Like, once I get more video intensive uh, to where we finally start, when I finally get some more cameras or when I finally get, like, that true video podcast vision, then uh, maybe we'll... We'll look into some things about editing, but uh, no. With that being said, uh, how hey, do you, shit? <laughs> fuck, not, that being said, uh, I wanted to talk about kind of like the short films that you have in motion and some of the ideas that you have coming up for your studio. I know there are some things that you really are pushing out, so like, kind of going deeper with those short films, those stories, and any projects that you have in mind coming in the future that we should all be looking out for. Most definitely, most definitely. So the one I'm editing right now, it's not my story. I've just helped. I just was able to help them uh, make it come to life, which was a which was an amazing process. It's all in itself because, um, you know, some people want to make short films and everything like that, but they're like the process can be intimidating because it's like, oh, I don't have the equipment, or oh, I don't know how to make a script, or oh, I don't have the editing software, you know, this is that and the third. And I was just happy to just be able to help them with all of that and give them like a good insight of like what it's like to make a short film and everything with that. So that's definitely the the next one coming out. It's not, like I said, it's not my story. It's not mine, it's theirs. But I was able to help them, you know, like give, give some pointers on like what to look out for when writing the script and stuff like that. So their story is called Blind Dates. Right. It's coming out as soon as I finish editing it and stuff like that. So it's very, it's very, it's very exciting just to be able to work on something um, and kind of like help them out, help them make their story come to life. And that's, that's the best thing. That's the best thing. Just cause it's like, I know the process can be scary sometimes, but it's like just being able to help them do that. And then later down the line, they'll be able to do it on their own. It's like, it's an amazing process. So, um, and then after that, 
Um, the one I'm working on right now, I'm making a whodunit mystery series. And I wanted it to just be something I shoot in Texas just because I haven't made a short film in Texas yet, which is ridiculous because every time I come to Texas, it'd be hard for me to meet people and work with people and stuff <laughs> compared to like when I was in Atlanta where, you know, everybody be like, oh, yeah, I do film. I do this. I do that. And you just be like, oh, you want to work on something? And boom, y'all just go from there. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah. So now I'm just trying to do it down here, except do it through the company. And the thing is, I want to give everybody like a feeling of what it's like to actually be on like a professional job you know like don't get me wrong i ain't got all the money in the world to be paying everybody no. i ain't got all the money in the world yeah that's what i'm saying we ain't there yet give me hey give me some time we ain't there yet or flying anybody out no we ain't no we ain't there yet but um at the moment i just want to create man. and then just to be able to give some stories that i've been thinking about so i'm very excited about this who done it mystery series just because of the fact that it's at home i'm shooting it here and um, I'll be able to meet some creators out here in Dallas in some way, shape or form. And then with that, I'll just be able to tell a story in the genre that I love because mystery is my favorite genre, especially with whodunits and stuff like that. So I'm very excited about it. Very excited. about it. Yeah, I, I can tell you're very excited about it. And I will say this about Atlanta. It's just that. Atlanta is much easier to do anything in terms of entertainment, in terms of film, because it's a big hub where a lot, it's kind of like black Hollywood in a matter to where everybody is going to Atlanta to get to their dreams. And I felt like at that point, after you kind of leave Atlanta, where you go back to, you know, to Dallas or to Nashville, it kind of gets progressively harder because there's not that many people out there trying to do that stuff. Exactly. Uh, I would say maybe Austin, Texas is somewhere where you can go in and find some more creators because that's been starting to become a hub uh, for a lot of people going there for film. Um, but yeah, I can definitely understand Atlanta. I mean, near Nashville podcasting, it gets, you know, kind of hard to find people who either do podcasts themselves or who even know about it. So it, it gets a little interesting. It's either country music or fuckery. I don't know, <laughs> but it, I'm about to say that's all I think about when I hear Nashville. I'll be like, oh, this man from the countryside. I'll be like, okay. Nashville, Nashville is not, it, it's definitely like the white people's haven for, for country mm. music. I will say that. Uh, but yeah, man, it, it, it gets to a point to where it, it, it kind of gets hard where Atlanta was a little bit more ease, but with, all of the people who are trying to do stuff in Atlanta, there are more opportunities for you to get lowballed or fucked over and scammed. So there is, there is that to watch out for. Uh, but what about, okay. For, so like you've already talked about, you know, a couple of projects or is there any one, is there one that you haven't even started yet, but you want to go ahead and get started now uh, in terms of just your excitement level and your creativity? Hey, that who done it, man? That's it. Cause I, I'm not even gonna lie to you. I've been reading Agatha Christie books. Agatha Christie's like the queen of mystery, and in, in terms of like novels and stuff like that. And so I've been like reading her books, getting the idea of things. I watched Knives Out countless amount of times. Oh, that's a good and, movie. That's a good movie, dude. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. And then yeah. yeah, just getting just getting like an idea of just like the mystery genre more, just because I just love it so much, and just like the feeling you get from 
thinking things are one way and then they can be a completely different other way. And then that just creates that shock in you. And you're just like, oh my God, that's crazy. So yeah, it's just like a matter of, yeah, that's the one I'm definitely most excited for. So I'm yeah. just, I'm just taking my time with it. I'm making sure I'm going about it in the best ways possible as far as, you know, not rushing anything or making sure ends meet. There's not too many holes in it. I'm not trying to like go about it in the perfectionist sense, just because this is like my first work under We Will Studios, because I don't want to give anybody the perception of like, oh, being a perfectionist is the way to go about everything, just because it's like the, the longer you take on something, the more you're just keep finding problems with it. And I don't want to keep doing that. So um, I'm going to just take my time with it and go about this in the best ways possible so that a, at least it'll be enjoyable. And if there is problems with it, then I'll learn from it and keep learning and put on them into the next things that I make. So on and so forth. So, yeah, yeah man. No, that's good shit. I'll be on the lookout for that. Now that kind of brings into our next topic where it talks about um really talking about like would you rather have, you know, more success on YouTube doing these short films or doing these long feature films, or would you rather be in Hollywood where you're busting about movies all the time, like your Michael Bay mm-hmm. and Martin Scorsese? And uh, the only reason why I bring it up is because there was a time on YouTube where a lot of short films were being produced and made out. Uh, some of the short films that I can really bring up was uh, you ever heard of Rocket Jump? No, I have not heard of Rocket Jump. Wait, you mean like the uh, the channel Rocket Jump? The channel Rocket Jump with uh, Freddie yeah, Wong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Freddie Wong. Yeah, Freddie Wong. Bro, his effects on those videos are crazy. So yes, yes, I, I definitely know about Rocket Jump. So there's there's that Corridor Digital. Uh, yeah, who does a, who does a lot of those? Uh, there was also a lot of. Um, there's another guy that I want to try to bring up and I'm going to try to get him up right now. But, you know, there's more there was a more of a time where a lot of people put in a lot of effort uh, into making these big feature film short, or feature short films to where it feels like they're a little bit. It was like taking the creative creativity of what you can do on YouTube and taking it a step further. And then it kind of just transitioned over when those creators uh, decided to do more things outside of the box uh, where they wanted to go into radio podcasting. They wanted to go into actually going into Hollywood and doing stuff. And uh, there was one where Corridor Digital and Freddie Wong did a, you know, did a whole podcast episode and they took a clip and explained why Freddie Wong doesn't upload any more videos to rocket jump the channel. And the reason was because, uh, he just lost, you know, uh, he just lost, you know, what what's the word? Um, fuck. What's the goddamn word? <laughs> uh, he lost faith in the, he, he, well, not lost faith. He just lost joy in it. And then, uh, when he was trying to get into Hollywood, people would look at his resume and say like, yeah, you do YouTube. It ain't that serious. And, uh, now we see people do a lot more short film. We, we still see people do short films, but not as much, which brings back up to the question. Yeah. Is it really like, would you really want to make a living going off of YouTube, doing these short films or doing your own projects? Or would you want to just kind of be like a, you know, a director where it just feeds off of Hollywood? Dang, that's a great question. Because, like, I remember seeing some type of video about Corridor Digital also giving up on trying to get into the, the film industry and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, don't, 
I wish I watched that video just to understand why, but no, that that that's crazy. Like that um Freddie Wong just like stopped just because he just like, you know, like the whole joy behind it. That's crazy. And and like, I, and I'll add yeah. this and I'll add this in for you for the corridor digital one. I watched that video and the whole point of that was because they didn't like they were doing a whole like action film and they were getting all of these different changes and they're talking about, okay, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, you got to do that. And it put a lot of strain in them to where there was a lot of complications at, at, towards the end of the project. And they said, we're not doing this no more because uh, yeah. this ain't doing it. And then Freddie Wong, he has been in a couple of, uh, you know, situations where he's been shown in these Hollywood projects or in TV shows, but it hasn't been as big as he wanted to be. And then, you know, with VJHS video game high school, that became a, full-blown series on netflix and, right right but i think after that it just said yeah fuck it we we ain't we ain't doing that much and yeah so but continue what you were saying yeah because like it's like when you think about it it's like i kind of like i kind of like how they're going about it this way because it's like they're not trying to rely on you know somebody in the higher ups to like get them to where they want to be because like when you think about it um, they have their own platform. They have millions of subscribers. They get like hundreds of thousands of views on every video that they post. So I feel like if they really wanted to, they could like start up their own thing, you know, like if they really wanted to, instead of just like, you know, doing the whole, oh, let me try to get into uh, Hollywood and let me try to talk to some people who can do that for me. Like, honestly, I feel like they can do it themselves if they really wanted to. It's just like it. That's just yeah. It's just like messed up that that like they're they're so talented. They're like really talented, and then like people still. Lance. Yeah, I think at that point you would just try to make it yourself instead of just relying on others to do it for you. Yeah. All right, Lance. You kind of went off a little bit. You're getting slow. <laughs> You're good. Okay. Okay. Did you did you hear that last part though? Or yeah, not? I heard. I heard kind of that last part. But like, yeah, I understand okay. what you mean though with the studio. That's why. That's why I commend you with doing We Will Studios because mm-hmm. it, it's more or less taking what you want to do and saying I'm not going to put a risk and having people tell me what I want to do. I'd rather put a risk in doing something on my own and knowing that I, I, I at least did it and it was on my own terms. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that was the thing with Rocket Jump and Corridor Digital, where Corridor Digital is doing their own thing. They're maybe to do their own their own shit and they're able to do their own videos and short films and it's worked out perfectly well. I mean, nowadays they do a lot of stuff to where they show you how they do things or they do a lot of vlogs and rocket jump as of today, as I look, they haven't uploaded a video at all where it's just like a, like an animated version of like their, an animated clip of what they've done in their podcast Mm -hmm. or like story break. And they they have not done anything at all. It's oh my gosh. It's been yeah, and that's the biggest thing. Like you go on the comment section below and you realize that nobody like they like everybody misses them when they want to come back, but Freddie Wong's been obvious. He's just honest, he's just like, I, I don't want to come back. And he's lost other people <laughs> to come back too, and it's just been that type of deal. But there have been other creatives who have done their own thing and have worked out on their own. And I don't, and I will say this going to Hollywood, isn't the worst thing in the world. It's not bad. Remember Issa Rae did her own thing and she had her own stuff going on. And now she's recently signed like a multi-million dollar deal yeah. um, to do her own stuff. So like, there's a lot of benefits to it. And 
you know, you just got to get up high, but it's just that the work that you got to do to get up to the, uh, to the point you want to be at, it's just, it's just rough. And then besides Hollywood, it's also just in terms of the entertainment business where exactly where it's just like, you could be somebody that makes million, million viewed videos and for years and you can, you want to pitch an idea to say BET and BET, BET will be like, we like it, but we would love it if it was in our own vision. And it just fucks up and becomes somebody else's. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, and then, you know, with you, have you ever, have you have you now kind of like doing your own thing with the studio? Have you now kind of like just transitioned yourself to where you just want to keep doing what you're doing for years? Or you, you still want to get to a point to where you're just like, let me do this, and then let me try to like give my services to the entertainment business or to Hollywood? too honestly man i just all i like i think the thing that's mainly been driving me through all of this is the fact that i'm just thinking of long term of me still doing what i can without like you know relying on other entertainment businesses or anything like that i think that's the main thing that's been driving me just because you know just looking just looking at how the film industry is and how hard it is to get into it i think i already got the perception of Yo, like, you know, like I'm not I know I'm not like the only production company out there trying to get into the film industry. You know, like I bet there's like thousands of production companies out here trying to do that. But it's just like the opportunities is just not given out like that. So I just kind of like already had the the envision of me just doing Wheel Studios and then just growing everything with like the people I meet along the way and the people I work with and then. Hey, if somebody hits us up, you know, like, hey, we want to work with you. This is that, 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 and the third. Then I mean, hey, I'm all down for it. And then plus, I even might even try, like, you know, pitching out to others just to see what, like, just to see, like, their point of view. Because it's always good to just learn of what people, how people see certain things just to see what it's like. And, um, yeah, yeah, honestly, I think that's the best way to go about it. I'll try just to see what it's like and just to get like more insight on how the others view it. But as far as that, like, I'm not going to let a no or, you know, a bunch of turndowns stop me from growing this company to what I want it to be. So right on, right on. And what I, here's the other part to that question. Do you feel like with you saying doing you doing your own studio and everything, do you ever get the feel that like everything is just like the field that you're in is oversaturated with people who are trying to do the same thing because everyone runs into that fear of I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that because there's way too many people trying to do the same thing and I'm just going to yeah. get lost I'm going to get lost in the wind. I would say even for myself for podcasting it's pretty much the same because there's so many people trying to do a podcast. For you, mm-hmm. do you ever just get intimidated by how many people are trying to do the same thing or do you just kind of you feel happy about that or what what's your feelings on that? Honestly, I'll I'll be real with you before I even thought of, like before like when making a production company even came to mind that was that was how I literally looked at it. I was just like, you know how many people out here probably trying to do this? You know how many people try to do that, 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 and the third? Like, literally, that's how I looked at it. But I think uh, at the end of the day, like, as you go and as you just, like, you just do it anyway, I think you just kind of, like, find your own style, find your own uniqueness that makes you different than everybody else. And I feel like 
the thing that's most intimidating for most people is the fact that, you know, like they're probably either saying like, oh, I'm not probably going to be as good as them or I might not be able to have the quality work as them. This is that, that, that. But like, I feel like as long as you try anyway, you learn from all of the things that are kind of putting fear in you. And then like with that, I think you just kind of like figure things out like it just hits you. Cause like, I can't even explain it. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say like, there's like a formula where, you know, there's just something you got to do. But I feel like eventually things just hit you after you just take that, that leap of faith that you were afraid to do the first time. Cause like, I bet whenever you were doing this podcast, like you were intimidated by it at first and you tried it. And then next thing you know, you're here where you are right now, you know? So I've always been intimidated by what's going on. Sometimes I even feel intimidated uh, now because of when I, when I think about doing this podcast and what else is out there, because think about it, I go on Instagram. I actually, you know, because the internet literally has your information and your search history and all this other shit. Yeah. 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 Instagram literally finds out, shows you a hundred other people were doing the same thing. Sometimes you're you you do not feel scared at all because, and I don't want to be rude to anybody else who's listening to this. Other podcasts look like crap where they're just doing it through their phone, <laughs> or other podcasts look really, really good to where it's not like Joe Rogan to where he has like three different cameras and a production company and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, they, they got their ish together, and it's just like, oh, what am I doing? I only got this, this, and this. And sometimes I feel like where I even have, I have. I feel like I have everything, but I'm like, I don't. So mm-hmm. it, it gets to that point to where, yeah, I feel intimidated from the, how many people are doing it. But like you said, with it's unique, with you have to have your own likeness, your uniqueness and stand out from the crowd and somebody's going to eventually pick you up. And I also think it's uh, and you probably attested this. It's also consistency. It's also really about yeah. how much you're going to do of one thing, how long you're going to do it. Because sometimes a lot of people just, a lot of times, actually a lot of people, go into something they stick with it for a couple of days and then afterwards it's like all right i'm out because they're yeah they, they start realizing they did not really into it and then the people who really stick into it they see themselves grow and then they end up getting a lot of that growth that they want and a lot of the things that they saw when they first started out exactly exactly like that, that that's what i'm saying it's really important because at least trying you'll really figure out like your 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 love for it, I should say, like, at least then like the people who tried it out and didn't love it, at least, you know, they, they tried it to like figure out if they really did or if they didn't, you know, I feel like that's important as as well. And then plus, I think another thing that helped with like my perception of it was thinking about just how like Issa Rae came up. Cause like, when you look at Diary of Awkward Black Girl, like the quality was not good at all. Like, like it wasn't the best quality stuff. It wasn't the best quality camera. But the thing was, there was still something about it that was funny. There was still something about it that made you connect with it. And that was enough to keep people interested. You know, like you can't just let like I feel like I feel like if anything, you just got to be fearless enough to just do it anyway, regardless of all the people out there, regardless of all, you know, the things that they have, what they don't have or whatever, whatever. You just got to be fearless. You got what you got, make it work. And then just, just look at where you want to be in the long run and be like, yo, I can get there eventually. Cause like where she was on YouTube, 
with that quality of work, how it, well, at least how it looked. I'm not, I'm not going to say like the quality of it was bad. Story wise, it was good. It was powerful. It was, it was funny. People connected with it. And now look at it like, yo, if that doesn't show you right there, like, yo, just, hey, just start with whatever you got at this mm-hmm. point. Hey, long as people can see it, long as people can hear it. And as long as you put time into making a story or something that connects with the people who watches it, hey, that'll, hey, that could be enough to just get you to where you want to be, man. Hell yeah. And a lot of, and you don't know who's watching or listening to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So at that point, just keep going. But most yeah. definitely. Yeah, that's a lot of good shit. That's a lot, a lot of good shit. Now, to wrap it all up, I mean, you made out some really good points and uh, it's kind of viewing everything. If I had to put it in my own perspective, uh, I, I would still keep doing the YouTube stunt because, it, again, Please, it's, it, it's that freedom of it's that freedom of choice and it's that freedom of being able to do what you want to do and to mm-hmm. do everything at your own pace, your own perspective and your own, you know, your own freedoms. Because when you're in Hollywood and I would say somebody like Zack Snyder, where he has all of these visions he wants to do, but then, you know, you know, you have people in suits or you have production companies or you have other people saying you can't do shit. And which some, is crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's sometimes, sometimes it's for the good reason. Cause you know, no, I, you know yeah. 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 You're right. There's <laughs> some people out there with some crazy visions. Yeah. You're yeah, definitely yeah. right. Yes. Yeah, sucker punch. But yeah, it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, did you know that um Warner Bros. Warner Bros. Flash scene? Wait, they didn't want the the flash scene, like the 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 Speed Force flash scene from uh, Zack Snyder's cut yeah. of Justice League. They didn't want that in there. I was like, why would you? What? Like, see, like when you think of when you look at it like that, at that point, you just like, man, come on, bro. Like, what's going on over there, bro? I- like. I'm going to say one thing first before I go into that. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't take the fact I that you said not. Warner Bros. You said Warner. I said you, Warner? You said Warner Bros. I was like, two brothers. Warner Bros. <laughs> Did you hear about Warner Bros? <laughs> <laughs> My nigga hey, Warner man, Bros. <laughs> Warner Bros. Uh, but no, yeah, I heard about the uh, Flash thing, <laughs> and um, I'm not surprised by it because Warner Brothers or Warner Bros was trying to figure out a whole thing. <laughs> was trying to figure out a whole thing where they got their whole vision together and they were trying to do their stuff, and it just did not end up well. Uh, there's a bunch of stories with how John Stewart was supposed to be the Green Lantern and Zack Snyder, and they didn't do that shit. Uh, they were, they said they were going to do a whole Green Lantern movie, and it still didn't work. Uh, there are so many things that they were trying to do, and it just ended really, really bad, man. And uh, oh, Warner, Warner Brothers can't do shit. Now, the, the crazy thing is, and I don't know if you heard this, AT&T sold uh, the rights to Warner Brothers, Warner Media, HBO Max, and all of those properties to the Discovery Channel. So now... Mm. So and when the Discovery Channel is like, we don't know what to do with a lot of these things. So they're, they're, they're <laughs> they don't know because they're they got video game companies, they got video they got video game publishers, they got HBO, again HBO Max, DC, Warner Brothers, Warner Media. So at this point, they're already fixing to sell some stuff. So video game publishers 
Microsoft is looking at several of those publishers and saying, we want to take those because we really want to go into our, 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 uh, our, you know, our first party IPs. But, uh, Mm -hmm. they're also looking at, um, there's this crazy ass rumor and then we're going to get into this next topic. There's this crazy ass rumor that if DC goes up for sale, Disney might actually put some money up to get DC and merge Marvel and DC together. And Kevin Whoa. and Kevin Feige might actually be the head of those DC films. You know what's crazy? What? First off, Disney just want to buy everything. <laughs> That's the first thing. But secondly, that would be cool. You know, because, like, I know in the comics, they would be meshing meshing the two together sometimes. Like, I know, like, they would be having, like, Wolverine and Batman be, be oh, yeah. combined into it here. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. So, but making something to where both universes collide, yo, that that would be, that would make all my dreams come true. As far as, you know, soup, like, my, my childhood dreams, oh, my gosh, because, like, it's like when you think about it, do we really get a lot of Marvel and DC stuff together that much? Nah, I, I would say that we don't really do that. We don't really get all of that. I know. The- yeah, baby, baby. <laughs> all right. Sorry for that interruption, folks. But uh, we're back over here. <laughs> but uh, like I was saying, uh, no, the last time we got like a really a mashup with Marvel and DC was when we had like this big comic event where I think your universes collided and we had Batman versus Captain America and we had Thor versus somebody. I can't, I think like wonder woman or something and, uh, or super, it was Thor versus Superman. And, um, we had a lot of that, but it wasn't really this big mashup. And what you said, that was a specific universe where like those superheroes were, uh, collided and they did their own thing. So it was very interesting, but, um, I would say that for Marvel getting DC, that would actually be very interesting, but I wouldn't want that because I want to see DC actually do their own thing and I want to see competition. It's more on the basis of like, if Marvel, if Disney were able to get DC, that basically just shows that they're a huge ass monopoly like they've been doing. And uh, monopolies are supposedly supposed to be you know, illegal, but it's still a thing and it, yep. it, it can get annoying. So, yeah, I mean, but I yep. thought I, I thought I'd bring that up just to be, a, just to say like, it's a little interesting, but, uh, but let's go ahead and get into this uh, next topic, which might be our last, honestly, depending on how things are going right now. And we're pretty doing pretty good on time right now. Um, let me ask you this. Do you ever feel like that movies are not really written, written well as much as they are? And are they kind of, are we kind of like in this point in time where like, it's not about how a movie is written. It's how a movie is shown, how a movie is displayed in its concept. Yeah, I could, yeah, I can definitely see that, bro. Cause like, yeah, when you, yeah, lately, like what was it? Mortal Kombat. I was very upset about oh, that. Oh shit. Yeah. Very, very upset about that. Army of the Dead. I was very upset about that too. And don't get me wrong, they looked good, effects was good, you know, all of that stuff. But like, it's just like all of that, like that just goes to show that, you know, 
the effects and the the how it's looking and everything ain't enough to like you know catch people's attention you know that just shows that more time just needs to be spent on the story aspect of things rather than just the visual or even the audio you well you know just you know those two things i should say compared compared to those you know so I definitely see what you mean, though, because it's like it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. Mortal Kombat was not a good film. I gave it like a four out of ten when I reviewed it with David Arnold, which, by the way, he gave it like a six or a seven because he was just like, oh, this is a good movie. But nah. we tried to do. a OK, so David and I last week tried to do an Army of the Dead review, which did not end up well because his Internet sucked and uh, Zoom was acting crazy. But I, I, we were both at the point to where we were saying this film, even though it looks good, the cinematography is cool. The action scenes are all right. This film was poorly written to the fact that there are a lot of plot holes. There are a lot of mishaps to where I, I, I straight up gave the movie at six, but I'm not one to go back to that film and say, does this film need to be like a, like a, a five or some shit like that? Because if, because if you're trying to make a film where you're trying to make a whole like universe on it, you're trying to do a prequel anime series, a prequel movie, a, a, a potential sequel or sequels. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, you're going to do all this, but your writing needs a lot of work and it's getting really annoying. And I'll say this, there have been a lot of movies this year where, where it, it looks good. There is this amazing concept to it or that the cinematography looks really cool, but the writing is just God fucking awful. And I think it's <laughs> connected to the point to where it's all about franchises. But like, what, what's your whole What's your whole thing on that? Like, why do you think we're getting a lot of these films where the writing is subpar and it's more into just how the look of the film and the concept of it? I don't, I wish I knew really. Cause like you would think that that would be like, especially with movies that have so much money put into it and everything like that. You would think that they would look at the story and be like, okay, this needs to be, this needs to be the best, the best story we can make for what we're trying to make. Like you would think that. And, but I don't even know, man. I would, I really wish I knew it was just like, it's just like, you would think like you would put so much more time and effort into some things. Cause like, I know uh, sometimes my dad, he'd be watching some movies. I don't even need to know what's going on, but what I see on the screen sometimes be enough for me to be like, bro, what, what is this? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then like when I watch it, I'd be like, bro, if if so you telling me all I need is money to just make anything? Cause like when you think about it, bro, anybody can just write a story. And if you got millions of dollars, hey, go ahead, put that thing on whatever you want to put it on. You know? Cause like it just seems like that's all it is. It's not it's not about how good the story is, it's not about this, it's not about that. It's literally about oh. You got the money. You got something you want to put on the screen. Bet it's like they don't even double check. It's crazy. It's don't they don't. It's just to <laughs> a lot of the film. And the thing is, is that when we do get good written films, people often often overlook them because they're just not really 
they're not really flashy or they're not really spectacular or explosive. And I'm not mm. saying like that's that's not a jab against uh, you know MCU films, DC films, or superhero films from from the like. No, even I feel like there's a problem with those types of things, those types of properties of film or entertainment or TV shows to where we're not like what makes them so great is that when you combine great action with great writing, you get something like invincible, which is a wonderful TV series. I love that show. That's a great show. It's amazing show. And when you get, but then when the movies come out, we get a lot of these movies that are just bullshit. It's bullshit. (laughs) And a lot of TV shows that are just bullshit. Like Jupiter's legacy that came out on Netflix. That is not a good written superhero show. I, yeah, I just started watching the first episode. Like it looked like the like the effects and stuff is good for a TV show. Cause I was like, yeah, TV shows nowadays, you know, you can be like, all right, bro, like that's obviously CGI and this, this, that, and the third. But no, like I was like, the effects in this are not that bad. But yeah, I'm only one episode in and it's not like hitting me how I thought it would, but I'm still giving it a chance. But it's, yeah, good to know. It, it's at the point and then like we're at the point now to where it's like, as long as you sell people on nostalgia, as long as you sell people on big names, as long as you sell people on how something, how, how something looks, it'll always going to get some money or else you get certain actors in and you're like, cool. Like Dave Bautista uh, was in army of the dead and <laughs> it garnered a lot of attention, but not only because of him, but because of Zack Snyder and because of, Oh, this guy makes great films, make them look good. But, reality his films are very problematic in terms of the writing department his one of his worst films was sucker punch which was a terribly written film but a lot of people were on there because oh this guy made 300 but uh <laughs> a lot of other films have just been like yeah so that being said if you had to give your top three written films uh of this year what would it be of this year yeah so far Hold on, bro. Let me pull this up real quick. I need to remember. <laughs> I gotta pull up the list. I'm about to say 2021 films. Okay, okay. Actually, give me 2020, 2021. Both those 2020 years. and 2021. Okay. So just the first look at 2021. Ah, oh, the little things. That movie made me so upset, bro. Like, I thought it was going to be really good. Uh, let me think. Oh, that mo- yeah, that one wasn't. No. It yeah, like it looked so good because Denzel was in it, and then you watch it, and you're like, wait, what? Like none of this makes sense. Yeah, and that's the thing. You you get Academy Award winning or nominated actors. You get a movie that looks good. The trailer looks awesome, but then you watch and you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, bro, like, golly. Like I'm looking at this, that ain't that ain't really that even that much. Like, okay, okay, you know, let's do 2020. Let's, you know, that's, 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 <laughs> that's, another, year, right? that's another year. Because I'm looking at 2021 from my point of view, and I'm like, I have not. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, like I see, like I, I see some movies in here that was great with action. Godzilla with Kong that had some good action, but the writing was bad. But that felt like yeah, it felt like very rushed. Like like I was shook to see the movie was like an hour and some change long, but that's yeah. just me. I guess. It's still a good, okay. It's a good film, but the writing is it's not that good. Yeah, facts. Okay, I heard Minari was really good. Nomadland, I heard was really good. 
Okay, um, Minari, Minari, I've watched. Yeah, what do you think of it? It was it was really good. Minari is a wonderfully written film. It's a really yeah. good film that I think that it, it was deserving of all of its awards, and mm-hmm. it. I won't say it got overlooked because that film did get looked at, and there was a lot of advertising for it. Uh, but I've watched it. I didn't get a review out yet, but I give it like a solid nine out of 10. Well, actually I give it like an eight and a half out of 10 because there are some parts where the film did get a little boring, but it was still cool. It was still really good. And you definitely felt for the characters. Um, if I got to give you one, bro, let me give you one film. I'm Uh, looking at this. Yeah. If I got to give you a film, one of the best written films. No, it's already foreign. I can't give you that one. Another good one. It was foreign. Well, I'm trying to figure out something else that's like, uh, but oh. I gave you foreign one. Have you seen this movie called I Care a Lot? I like that movie. That was a good. I like that movie. I have heard a lot about that film. So I have. Yeah. I probably need to go watch it. But uh, I'm going to bring up this other point and see if you agree with me on this one. Okay. I feel like a lot of films, well, a lot of films and TV shows do very well when they're actually based on realistic tendencies or realistic situations. And I'll give you like one movie and one TV show. Well, I'll give you one TV show that I that I've actually I remember watching a couple episodes on. I was really good. You ever watched a? Uh, you ever heard of a TV show called Pose? I've heard of it. Yeah, I've definitely heard of it. It's getting, it gets like a lot of awards and stuff like that. I've heard of it. Pose is a wonderfully written show that actually garners the attention of LGBTQ plus community members and also really takes into reality of those people's lives. And they don't try to sugarcoat it. They don't try to bullshit it. It just sells you on the realness of it and how messy some of these situations can get. Mm-hmm. And I think with other good written films, it's based on reality to where you don't have to make everything so bombastic. You just have to put things in perspective to where, yeah, you can get things dramatic and messy. But as long as people can relate to these characters and can understand the motives and, and see where things are going, it, it works out. And ah, fuck with with films, with films, I feel like it's a little bit harder because you're on a time limit of between an hour and 25 uh, the, the two and a half hours or however long the studio allows you to do your film. And mm-hmm. I think with the whole problem with a lot of films nowadays is that they're trying to cram in so much and they're trying to garner attention of the audience of the average moviegoer to where it's just like, what are we going to sacrifice to get people into these seats, but to have a good quality film and make our money back. And right. Yeah. Because you'll start to notice and, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but I start noticing that like movies with good film movies with good writing don't get that much in the box office compared to movies like Fast and the Furious in the MCU, which the yeah. MCU, bro, I swear, I swear you will never see that. No, nah, bro, you will never actually let me look up and see how much Minari made in the box. Well, no, let me let me go to one where let me go try to Parasite. Yeah, let me try Parasite and see how much that made on the box office. There you go. 
because that that was a film that was wonderfully written, and I love that film, and it deserved every award it got. But I bet oh, you almost done, and it got it's ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes as I'm looking at it. So let me look through here. Uh, uh wait a minute. Uh, twenty. It made twenty two hundred fifty eight point eight million dollars in the box office, which is great. That is good. That's really good. That is really good. Let me go look to another one. The Revenant. Mm, yeah, it. that was a good movie. Nope. Fuck it. I might be wrong. <laughs> he said, "Wait, hold on a minute." <laughs> no, I might be wrong, but I noticed. I noticed back in the day there were a lot of films that were wonderfully written, but they didn't get a lot of attention. But I, I, I could just be wrong on that. I, I definitely just might be wrong on that one. Where just I'm seeing people hey, making yeah. like half a million dollars, so. Well, how, I, okay, then maybe maybe you can just say like you maybe you can say just like the the difference in how much they make in the office is drastically different, you know. Like even even still, like it's a completely different number, like compared to like say a Marvel movie compared to Parasite, you know. Like of course one's gonna make, but f- like five ten times more than the other. So yeah, so, I, I would say I would say for, I would just say for a lot of times we're seeing more terribly written films and properties where it's just gotten bad, but I can see where you're coming from where we just got a lot. And especially this year. I mean, if I look back at some of the movies that I've saw and reviewed, uh, I think only like two films have gotten good reviews from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's only two films that have actually been pretty good for me. Uh, and only one, uh, yeah, only two films. And those films were Zack Snyder's Justice League and uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Because that was, that was tw- yeah, that's 2021, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't even say Malcolm Marie. Malcolm Marie, Mortal Kombat have been my two most disappointing <laughs> films in terms of hype. <laughs> What a comment! And then without, have you seen without? Have you heard of a movie called Without Remorse? Yeah, with, with uh, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, have you I watched? Saw it. Have you you that fucking? What? How you feel about it? I like the action, like that one part where he was in the uh in the uh in the jail. Mm-hmm. He was in jail, and then like he clogged up the thing, and then he started, <sighs> and then everybody came in there with riot gear. He beat up everybody. Like don't get hey the action was good. That's all I gotta say. I like the action, but other than that, I mean it wasn't perfect. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't perfect, but I I did like the action. I would say that the action was okay at times. I think that scene you yeah. talked about was all right, but uh, that that was a terrible film. That right. That boy said. That boy said why. <laughs> that, that, that that film was just bad. The writing, the dialogue. Even the acting was bad, and Michael B. Jordan. I said this before. Michael B. Jordan is so was so one dimensional in that film to where I had to look back at other films and just be like, okay, what the fuck are you doing? Because <laughs> in Chronicle, that film, he had more emotion than he's had in the last couple films he's been in, and uh, Jodie Turner Smith, who was in the movie Queen, she played Queen. She was really bad in this film. It, it was a lot of things in this film that I was really mad about, and I gave this like a like a like a three itself, mm-hmm. out of ten. But yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, man. To wrap this all up, the last segment today's show. I have. I. I, I will say I agree with what you've been saying with how writing is not that really good in films anymore, and that we're we're kind of we're kind of pushing off now to where we don't get that many good written, well written films unless it's a cool indie project or it's something that no one's going to see because it's not really action or it's boring or it's too long or it's going to be a Marvel movie or DC film. So yeah, yeah, you got like, it's a toss up. You're going to see more of a lot of craziness to less of actually good, good work of arts. And, uh, I would say that it's only apparent for people. It, it, it's a matter of opinion because people can always say, oh, this is a good written film. But I think when you start watching films and start noticing patterns and everything, you start to realize like this, there, there, there there's a copy and paste machine for this fuckery. <laughs> yeah, man. I feel it. Yeah. yeah. So that being said, that'll end today's episode of The Midnight Drop. I know it was a little shorter than we've had usually, especially for this past Saturdays, but it is what it is but thanks so much Lance for coming into the show I really appreciate your insight really hope you do well with WeWell Studios uh, but before you go want to go ahead and share where you can follow everybody on IG and everything like that yeah y'all can find me on uh, IG at Lawman25 and find the company's IG at WeWell Studios and uh, everything else is just WeWell Studios WeWell Studios and yeah there you go all right. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me, bro. It was really good talking to you, as always. So, yeah. No problem, my guy. I'll go ahead and see you later. But with that being said, thanks so much for everybody coming into the Midnight Drop. It's been a wonderful time having you guys in to listen to today's episode. Be on the lookout for tomorrow's episode with Zachariah Vesey, who actually come in and talk about some good shit about his own company and things going on in his life. We'll be having a nice conversation with the other Mike. But with that being said, if you are new here to the podcast, go ahead and listen to podcast and all the platforms down below in the comment section also go ahead and comment concerns anything like that or just ran if you fucking hate this podcast or whatever i don't care <laughs> it's a 615 underscore chill and dm me there that's my instagram page or you can go ahead and email me at jordan cam c-a-m-m-o-n at outlook.com also be on the lookout at www.themidnightdrop.com for all updates including my youtube channel for all of the clips and audio and sound bites that you want to go ahead and listen to. But that is it. That is it for the Midnight Drop. Thanks so much for watching, tuning in. See you guys next time. Peace. Peace.